Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Isaiah 26 verses 3. Praise God. The Bible says in Isaiah 26 verses 3, the Bible says you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, the Bible says, is stayed on you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Comma, mark the comma. Because he commits himself to you, leans on you and hopes confidently in you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Give me the KJV now. He says, thou will keep him in perfect peace, Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set or stayed on thee, comma, or full colon. The KJV puts full colon. Yes. Because he trusteth in thee. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. So God says, God will keep that person, that person will stay in a constant, perfect peace, uninterrupted, because that man's mind is stayed on God. Why is it stayed on God? Because he trusts in God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Tonight I want to define what the Bible calls trust. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because some people say, you know, I'm trusting God for a job. I'm trusting God for a business. I'm trusting God for a promotion. I'm trusting God for a breakthrough. I'm trusting God for this and that. And of course, everybody trusts God for some. But if you ask people, what is trust? What does it mean for somebody to trust God? And that's what I want to touch tonight. And it comes from that very scripture that I'm reading in Isaiah 26 and 3. He says, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Because he trusteth in thee. The Bible doesn't say, and he will trust in you. The Bible says, because he trusteth in thee. So because the man trusts in God, his mind is set on God. You see that? So a man's mind staying on God is proof that that man trusts in God. If that man's mind does not stay on God, that man does not trust God. Even though he speaks and acts too, he doesn't trust because his mind is not stayed. Praise God. And of course the Hebrew word there for stayed is set. His mind is not set. His mind is not leaning. Praise God. The very word also there is leaning. His mind is not leaning. Praise God. That is why some of you know this scripture. You even sing it in songs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he says, and lean not on your understanding. Praise God. 
Don't lean on your own understanding. Lean not thine own understanding. Lean not on thine own understanding. Don't lean on what you think. Praise God. Lean on what he thinks. Hallelujah. Do you know leaning is different from standing? You can stand next to the promises of God. Praise God. But you can lean on them. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm not talking about you saying, oh, the promises of God are here and they're there. Yeah, well, yeah, we're one and the same. They're close to me. I love. No, 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 no. Leaning means you rely on, hallelujah. If I have this podium, right, and then I do this, this is leaning on it. That means without it, I'm gone. Praise God. I'm not using my own balance. I'm not using my own what? Yes, my energy. No, I'm entirely leaning my whole body on this podium. If it's taken away, what happens? And the other question is, if I'm standing, why am I standing? Because it's there. You understand what I'm saying? So when the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding, he means you cannot say, I am trusting in God, but I'm also thinking my own way through something. That's not trust. You see, some people believe in him, but they don't trust him. You understand? There's a difference. Do you know there's a difference? There's a difference between believing in God and trusting in God. Some people believe in God, but they don't trust in God. They believe he can heal, but they don't trust him for their healing. They are not leaning on him for their healing. They believe that he can deliver, but they are not leaning on him for their deliverance. They believe that he can set free, but they are not leaning on him for his setting free. They believe that he can, what? You mention anything. Give anything they want, yes, but they are not what? Leaning. She's barren, but she's not leaning. You understand what I'm saying? You believe in God for big things, but you believe him, but you don't trust him. You can believe God and not trust him. You can say, I'm believing God for this, but I'm going to apply my own brain. I'm going to put my own understanding and application to this. You understand what I'm saying? He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not, lean not unto your thine own understanding. Don't enter something and put your application on how you think things should work and must work. Eh? Or if they don't work a certain way because you think them a certain way. Therefore, no, no, no. Actually, you can find somebody who believes God passionately, but they don't lean on him. Are we following here? Are we following here? Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me read for you a wonderful scripture. Psalms 112 verses 6. He says, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7 says, he shall not be afraid, the Bible says, of evil tidings. Who knows the word tidings? News. You will not be afraid of bad news because the Bible says his heart is fixed, comma, trusting in the Lord. You see that? You fix your mind, you fix your heart. When it comes to trust, your mind and your heart believe the same thing. When it comes to trust, your heart and your mind agree with the same thing. Your mind leans on him like your heart leans on him. Your mind leans on him to make sure that you think the right thoughts. Your heart leans on him to make sure that you meditate the right vision. Somebody shout hallelujah. And I'm going to go into that a bit later. Praise the Lord. That is why in Philippians it says, be anxious for nothing. But with all what? Prayer and supplications. With thanksgiving, it says, make your request made known unto God. And the next verse says, next verse, and the peace of God, he calls it the peace of God, not your peace. Eh? He says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, the Bible says, shall keep your hearts 
and minds through Christ. Because God doesn't want you to lose your mind and your heart in Christ. You can lose anything, but your mind and heart must be in agreement with the word of God. You can have a situation, things will come and they will go. Are you hearing me? But there is one thing you should never lose. Never lose your mind. What will happen to their people? When situations come through, they lose their minds. They run mad. Their hearts faint. I don't know that I'm communicating some. They lose their minds. Like, oh, when, when she had this news, she, she ran mad. There are people, when they hear certain things, they run mad. When they hear bad reports, they run mad. When they hear bad testimonies, they simply run mad. To the degree of madness, I don't know. But when they hear certain things, they can't keep their mind. And they are hard in Christ. That means their heart goes out of the meditations of Christ and their mind from the understanding of Christ. Eventually, somebody starts to confess and speak things that they're not supposed to be speaking because they are under a situation that is temporal, temporal. Somebody shout hallelujah. There is nothing against you that has no end. <laughs> FYI, for your information. There is nothing against you that does not have an end. Tell your neighbor there is nothing against you that does not have an end. And in the end, you shall be over it. Tell somebody, and in the end, you shall be over it. There is nothing in this world, nothing in this world, nothing in this world that attacks you that is not temporal. This is scripture. It's not me. No, 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 no. And he says, and our light afflictions, but apostle, they said I have a... No, no, listen. But for our light affliction, but they said I'm gone. Ah, ah, ah. He says, for our light. Paul calls it a light. He calls for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Tell somebody it's not permanent. Tell somebody it's not permanent. No situation is permanent. No circumstance is permanent. No problem is permanent. No challenge is permanent. But it can be if you don't trust. It can be if you don't lean on him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Nothing in your life that is frustrating you is permanent. You will wake up one day and look for it and it's not there. But nothing is permanent. In nothing. Nothing is permanent in your life. Nothing. I don't care whether it looks permanent. It is not Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey, I wish I had a witness. Do I have one? Tell the situation you're not permanent. You give it, you tell it, tell it you. Uh, make mention it. Whether it's poverty, tell it you poverty. You're not permanent. You're not. Praise God, somebody. Give me the amplification of that. The amplified says, and I love it. Verse 17. For our light affliction, Amplified says, momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, is ever more and more abundantly, he says, preparing, huh? and more than just it not being permanent. Huh? He says, it's more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond measure excessively surpassing all comparison and all calculation a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease Banange, why don't you celebrate this thing you mean what you're going through it's working for you it's working and everlasting. even that you think that looks like it is going to kill you no 
in the back of God's mind, it is only for a moment to give you another glory. If you're here and there's a circumstance that has refused to leave, you're the candidate of glory. <laughs> you're the candidate of glory. Tell somebody the glory of God is upon me. Tell somebody the glory of God is risen upon me. It is working in my spirit. These things are temporal. They are lights. So then why do you use permanent solutions to fix temporary things? Hello? Why do you use permanent solutions to fix temporary things? Did you understand what I'm saying? Why do you wake up in the morning and start leaning on your own understanding? And then, you, oh, you know, I think this thing is not going to work. Let me just leave it. That's a permanent. Let me just leave it. Some people don't even say, let me leave it for a while. No, they say, let me just leave it. Did you hear what I just said? They don't say, let me just leave it temporarily. No, they say, let me just leave it. Why? This thing is not working for me. I, I left it. That's a permanent solution for a temporary thing. Praise God. I'm a pastor. I've been around people. Somebody says, I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing. Then the temperature increases. I'm believing. Then it goes to 40 degrees. I'm believing. Then they put the temperature. And it's ah! hospital. <laughs> then they put on drip. Then they say, I'm believing. Then two drips. I'm believing. And then three drips. I'm believing. Four drips. Five. Ah! You understand? So they're, for them, they're, they're just waiting. They're trying to believe until he becomes. No, 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 no. When you're saying you're leaning on God, lean on Him. Lean on God. Maybe that situation has not gone away because you have not leaned on God. You have believed Him, but you have not leaned. You have believed Him, but you have not relied on Him. Why? Because we always see you finding ways in your own mind to fix things God is supposed to fix. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he says that for our light affliction, which are but for a moment. Oh, he says next verse in 18. He says, they work for us an exceeding far glory. Since, he says, we consider and look not on the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal. Again, he has repeated it. He says, but for the things that are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. And some of you don't understand. God wants you to replace temporal brief stuff with deathless and everlasting things by how you see. Do you realize the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen are? So if there are things that are not seen, by what eyes do we see the things that are not seen to affirm that they exist? Am I making sense? Uh, okay, let me go a bit deeper here. Let me show you something interesting. When you go back to Proverbs 3, where he says that trust in the Lord with all your own heart and and lean not on your understanding. The next line, you all know it. It says, and in all thine ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct. Acknowledge him. In other words, in all your ways, what does it mean? It means that in every setting of your mind, always point to his word. And that's how it starts to lead you. 
God does not lead people who are indifferent to his word. No. His word is that light that leads us. You understand? The anointing upon is what makes us do mighty exploits. The anointing within is the primary place of, of teaching, the teaching of the spirit. You understand? Like he says, if you, if you have known of him, if indeed you have been taught by him, were you taught by the Holy Spirit? That's the primary ministry of the anointing within. He says, for the anointing that abides in you shall teach you all things, and the same anointing shall remind you. He shall teach you and remind you. He shall teach you. He shall teach you all things. The Bible says, and he is true. And the Bible says, and he is no lie. Even as he has taught you, the Bible says, you shall abide in him. Even as he has taught you, you shall abide in him. Let me explain the experience. This is the anointing, the Holy Spirit, right? So the anointing within you teaches you. And even as he has taught you, the Bible says you shall abide in him. That means you enter him. That's the anointing upon. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the anointing upon you is to the degree of the anointing within you. The anointing within you is the teaching grace of Almighty God. The anointing outside you is the demonstrative exploits manifesting out of your life because of the anointing within. Somebody shout hallelujah. So of course, some people want to lay hands on them and then they receive the anointing upon without the anointing within. And they think that because they have that upon experience, they'll have an anointing within. That's, you're going to have a conflict of spirit. Conflict of spirit is when the anointing within does not reconcile with the anointing without. That means that you rely more on the gift than with understanding. Yet it says in understanding, be mature. Don't just heal the sick. No. No more than that. No deeper than that. Don't, don't do miracles by accident. You know, I mean, I don't do miracles by accident. I don't just say, eh, we were just there and then God did things. No, no, no. Are you the one who does the miracles or God does them? Listen, I'm past that. What is easier for you? To tell this man that his sins are forgiven or to tell him, get your bed and walk? What do you want? I am the father of one. He said, you shall heal the sick. You heal the sick. It's not me. It is Jesus who heals. What's the difference? Ask your neighbor, what's the difference? There's no difference. There's no difference. There's no difference. Whether I say I healed, uh uh, point of correction, apostle. Jesus healed through you. Then I realized, okay, this is a babe. Okay, Jesus healed through me because now I realize I'm talking to an appeals. But to them who are full of age, when I say I healed a person, you don't need to say, is it you who heals or it is God who heals? What is easier for you? To tell you that I healed or Jesus healed, which is easier. Sometimes you just want to give people what is easier. But what is not really um, mature. Praise the Lord Jesus. Tell somebody I'm far from that in Jesus' name. Tell somebody the one they're talking about didn't come. That is why Jesus asked them what is easier for you. Because he realized he was dealing with addiction problem. Eh? They were trying to help him uh, reconcile heavenly things. Like he didn't know what he was talking about. Somebody shout hallelujah. Anyway, back to the point. Your mind and your heart are key to rely on him. Sometimes you have to learn to stop thinking for God. 
Some of you, the, the way you're thinking, you can't even allow God to come and operate because the way you're thinking, you, 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 everything you do under your own understanding, but you say, oh, I'm trusting God. What does it mean to rely on him? Meaning that if something is not clear, draw from within until you're sure. I don't make a decision when God hasn't told me so. I made mistakes many years ago and I've learned every other day and I'm better than I was about 10 years ago. But every other day I'm realizing and you will realize that every single mistake that you made was because you either shut God up and refused to listen to him and used your own mind or you simply spoke and ignored what he said and you applied what you thought was. That's the reason why we're struggling with things in life. Either you heard him and ignored his voice or... You shut him up and didn't even hear him and applied your own mind. But every mistake and error that is happening in the Christian faith is because men have shut God up and applied their own ways. And sometimes the ways of men are not the ways of God. That is not for you. Uh -uh. He was talking of the wicked he was calling to return. He says, oh, you wicked one, return for your thoughts are not my thoughts. You're not wicked and you're, you're not returning. You've not left him. So you have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says, who has known the mind of Christ that he should instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. The Amplified says we hold his very feelings and thoughts. Woo! So it's not a WWJD. What would Jesus do? No. What is Jesus doing? Present, continuous. We have the mind. We don't first go and say, Jesus, what would you do in this situation? Oh, okay. Let me also do it. That is separating you from Christ. Hallelujah. You and Christ are one. He that is joined with the Lord, he's one spirit with the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So it's not what would Jesus do. No, it is what is Jesus doing. If they need to say, hey, what is Jesus doing in your life? You say, ah, look at me, praise God. Everything you're seeing, he's doing it. Even if you slept hungry, you say, ah, shikaparalande super. We are one spirit with him. Tell somebody we are one spirit with him. Tell him again and tell him we are one spirit with him. And there's nothing in the world the devil can do. Mm -mm, he's not there. He's already late. Somebody shout hallelujah. So God requires your mind and your heart. He requires your mind and your heart. He requires your mind and your heart not only to believe him, but to rely on, solely lean on him. Leaning means you, you even stop applying your own effort to stand. Somebody shout hallelujah. Am I getting somewhere? Let me introduce you to something deeper. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 verses 5, he says, thus saith the Lord. Listen. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm whose heart departeth from the Lord. Now I want to submit this to you. When he says, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm, some people forget he's not only talking about you trusting in people. He's talking about you also trusting in yourself. It's like, have you been around people who play with fire? Let me, let me explain something. Some people get a very silly confusion of faith in the word because and by the word. Versus the indifference of the confidence in flesh. And want to make it appear like it is faith. I'll give you an example. You find somebody saying, let me test alcohol. Hmm? I am steady. The spirit in me. Hmm? 
Four, five, six, seven. That's, that's nothing. It's not for kings to take wine. No, no, no. By the way, it's for slaves. It, this is scripture. Somebody told me, where in the Bible does God refuse alcohol? No, no. He says it's not for kings to take wine. It's not for kings to take wine. It's not for kings. Is it bad? Will it take you to hell? No, it will not take you to hell. Chill it. If it won't take you to hell, neither is it a, a ticket to heaven. It is among the unbeneficial ones. Thank you. Proverbs 31 verses 4. It is not for kings, all Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. No princess to take strong drink. Uh-uh, let, let slaves. That means the moment you put it on your mouth, you're enslaved. Uh-uh. Tell somebody far from me. But Jesus stand water into wine. Are you sure it made men drunk? D- did it have an alcohol content? <laughs> the master of ceremony said it tasted better than the wine before. The Bible didn't add on to say, and they become more drunk than they were previously. Who believes me? Yeah, even me, I believe in God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. He just said he tasted better. He didn't say that it it made men more drunk. No, no, no. I don't think God will do something to get a man high. When he says it's not for kings. It's not for kings. Tell your neighbor it's not for kings. It's not for kings. It's not for kings. It's for slaves. It's not for kings. And and you want to know that you're addicted, try to leave it and fail. If you fail, come for deliverance. (laughs) Somebody said hallelujah. But he says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. That means the moment you trust in a man, a curse has already gotten you. Leave alone these things, a generational curse for my great-grandfather. That would have been okay. But my great-grandfather did things. No, 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 no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you saying, I'm going to trust in this man. I'm going to trust in him. Or even myself. That's the beginning of a man walking in a curse. Eh, eh? You have not even sinned. No, you've just trusted in a man. Okay, somebody says, I'm going to help you uh, and, and buy you a mobile phone. That's wonderful. Thank God for them. You believe their word and take it, but you don't trust in them to get the phone. You understand? What if they die tomorrow morning without giving you a phone? They was the work on. Why is it that the person I trusted? <laughs> His mercy is not off you because that person has died or is not able to buy you that mobile phone. His mercy is still available and grace. His provision is not based on that individual. They are simply obeying God. They are simply obeying God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, next verse. Now, the Bible says, For he shall be like the heath in the desert, heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. He shall be like heat. He shall be like desolation in the desert. He shall be like destruction in the desert. And the Bible says, And he shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. That means when that person trusts in man, either people or yourself, 
The Bible says that you open yourself to a certain door where you're going to look like a desolate person in the desert. You're going to become desolate. You're going to become abandoned. You're going to look afflicted. You're going to look disadvantaged. Literally, you take yourself in a desert. And what is a desert? Desert is a dry place. That means there's no provision. Deserts represent lack of provision. Deserts represent no provision. Are you following? Maybe you're still stuck because you're still waiting for that uncle who promised to get you a job in Japan. Even when you're praying, you say, Father, I pray that you enable my uncle to get me the job in Japan. <laughs> okay, stay in the desert. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 it's not like that. You don't wait. No, 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 no. You say, God, I thank you. If you are going to get a job in Japan, you say, God, I thank you for my job in Japan. Continue thanking him. If God won't use your uncle, he'll use a cousin. If he won't use a cousin, he'll use a pharaoh. But either way, the Bible says he used Pharaoh to even bless Israel. God can use anybody to bless you. Tell somebody, God can use anybody to bless you. He can use anybody. Praise God. God uses people. Praise God. But they are used of him. My trust is not in them. It's in him. Praise God. And if somebody says, you know, ah, Brother Peter, you know I'm trusting in you to help me through. Why? Tell them, Mama, far from me. You want to be cursed? Does that will make you poor? At least you say I'm trusting God to use you. <laughs> That's better. But you're trusting me, flesh? No, no. Trust the spirit. Somebody say amen. Now the Bible says, shall be like the heat in the desert. And I want to show you something powerful. He says, and the Bible says, and he shall not see when good cometh. Are you following me? He shall not see when good cometh. Let me explain the mystery. Vision is twofold. Somebody said vision is twofold. There's a vision necessary for creative process. And there's vision for manifestation process. When God unveils apocalypse and gives you understanding of what is unveiled, that is revelation, and attaches it to purpose, manifestation comes. You are a manifestation. Are you following me? You're a manifestation. My physical eye can see you. That means you are a manifestation. That's the second part of vision. When the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight, it means that the vision of sight is supposed to be a confirmation of an affirmed vision of spirit. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You don't need to have a physical vision like you need to have a spiritual vision. Some people, they need a physical vision. You understand what I'm saying? And some need a spiritual vision. And do you see that this physical vision is obvious? Physical vision is not obvious to all men. Some of you assume that because your eyes see, therefore you can see a thing. Have you ever tried to look for someone, you're not seeing it, yet your eyes are trying to look for it? That means you have physical vision, but your vision cannot find it. Okay, let me give you some deeper. Remember the story of Hagar and Ishmael. The Bible says she's walking with a bottle with a boy in the desert. 
And the scriptures tell us that she sees no place to get water. She puts the boy afar off and starts weeping and crying. So she didn't want to see her son die. So she puts the boy afar off. You understand what I'm saying? And then she comes here and starts to weep because she could not see a well. You understand what I'm saying? And God had the voice of the Lord and the angel called unto Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? He says, Fear not, for God has had the voice of the Lord where he is. That means God did not give Hagar water because of her tears. He gave Hagar water because of Abraham's seed. And Abraham represents faith. So the seed of faith cries louder than your physical tears. Those of you who think that by crying the whole night, God will hear you perhaps know. Let me tell you the right way to cry. Can I show you the right way to cry? <laughs> you supply <laughs> all my needs according to your riches and glory. God is here, is it that the devil that is in the world? <laughs> I'm more than a conqueror of Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> That's faith. Hallelujah. Those are tears of faith. But some of you, you cry in Hagar. Oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. Oh, I'm dead. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether you're complaining, the Bible says complain in scripture. Whether you're quarreling, quarrel in what? Scripture. Whether you are praying, pray in scripture. Whether you're crying, your husband has hurt you. Cry in scripture. God, I thank you for the best man in the whole world. Oh, he shall be blessed. In the courts, his name is known. I can't do him bad. That, that's, that's a praying woman. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, cry the right way. For some of you, when you start crying, you confess every ugly thing in the world. And then God tells them, okay, tomorrow at midday, I'm going to kill you. No, no, wait. I was joking. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says, let's go back to Genesis. The angel asks her, why are you crying? For God has heard the voice of the Lord where he is. Now I want you to listen. He told her, arise, lift up the Lord, faith, hold him in your hand, for I will make him a great nation. And the next verse says, Listen, listen, listen. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. He didn't say God created a well. It was there, but she couldn't see it. And this is not spiritual vision. It is still physical, but they don't see. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible says the Lord opened her eyes. And she saw a well. The Bible didn't say the Lord formed a well. No, he didn't. He was always there. But Hagar was going to die when there was a well available. Some of you don't see your wells. Some of you don't see your next job opportunities. Yet you're bypassing them every day. Some of you don't see your teachers. And the Bible says, and you shall behold your teachers. It takes a grace for somebody to know who teaches you. For you to know who should teach you. Not everybody should teach you. You understand what I'm saying? Did you get what I'm saying? Now, Hagar's eyes are open. The Bible says, to see the well. It was there. But Hagar was going to die of thirst. 
and Ishmael when there was a well available? Do you know how many things were there and people have died and been destroyed when their solution was there? This was not a spiritual vision. No, this was a physical vision. That means even in your physical, there's a place where God washes your eyes with self that you might see the things you must see. Some of you, that business opportunity, your next business opportunity, you're bypassing it every day. It's in your house. You're even seeing it with your physical eye. Every day you see it, but you don't know that that's where your solution is. You're looking outside that thing. God, open your eyes, your physical vision. Now, we go also to the spiritual. Like I've said in the manifestation to see, because without that manifestation to see, you can die of thirst when water is available. You understand what I'm saying? But there's a vision that exists in the creative realm. When the Bible says that man shall not see good, he shall not see good come. He shall not see when good cometh. I'll explain this. You remember in Genesis? God said, let there be light. And light came forth. And the Bible says, and God saw the light. That it was good. Some people, when they're saying God created, they just proclaim the things he spoke. But they don't proclaim the vision he had. On the very things he created. And some of you think that you're going to simply speak things you don't see in the spirit. And you think you're going to transpose them in the physical realm and have a manifestation. So the possible. It's not possible. You have to first see it. You speak it and see that it is good. So the other man doesn't see good coming. You, you understand what I'm saying? He created the firmament of the sky and separated the heavens and the earth. And he saw that it was good. And then he said, let us create birds. Animals came through. And then he said, it was good. He created everything he was creating. The Bible says to seal it, he saw that it was good. He had to seal it by what he sees it good. Am I, am, I, am I communicating? So that means in the creative process, there has to be a form of vision for you to complete your... And remember, this was creation, Genesis 1, not formation, Genesis 2. Remember, he created male and female, Genesis 1, 27, and male, made he, male, made he, them, male and female. And then in Genesis 2, he formed man out of dust and out of him breathed the breath of life and he became a living soul. And then he created the woman out of the rib. That was manifestation. But when you're talking about creativity, creation is different from manifestation. And you have a vision even in creation. You have to see good. Let me explain. I was one time reading a, a Hebrew the Hebrew, the Hebrew language, and I studied Genesis 1, and it was interesting that in the Hebrew, there is no word, let there be light. It's not there. If you go to the Hebrew, it is light be. You understand? That means he commanded these things into existence. You understand? And when he commanded them into existence, he had to form the vision to see that they are good. Light be. Job be. God give me a job. Man be. <laughs> Mini 
ministry be, club be, house be, whatever be. Be. He says, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. God commanded these things into existence. Why? Because when he says light be, it's the responsibility of light to interpret that they are talking to it, to form itself in the way he sees it. Did you understand what I just said? It is the responsibility. When, when he says car be, he expects it knows the kind of car. <laughs> Woo! Did, you, did you understand what I just said? So he says light be. He says, okay, so what is light? Who are they talking to? No, 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 no. The creative force of God has enough ability to interpret the command, to articulate it and present it the way God sees and knows it to be, without him explaining to it what it is. Because by the thought of him thinking it, it has already gotten form. That is why he says, nothing they think shall be restrained from them. Nothing they think shall be held from them. Why? Because they have one language and one speech. That is why you must have the same language and speech in the spirit. Like he says in Genesis. He says, you know, God, when these men start to build a, a, a temple, I'm sorry, a, a tower, do you realize even God could not stop them? He says nothing can stop them. The only thing we can do is we can only go down and confound their language so they speak another language. But as long as the language is the same, the Bible says nothing they imagine to do, nothing which they imagine to do. He says nothing will be restrained from them which they imagine to do. The moment they imagine it, not, nothing can hold you back when you imagine something, nothing. Some of you should understand this this way. There is nothing. The moment you imagine it, woman, it is there. But, but nothing will be restrained from them which they imagine to do. Nothing. That means the moment you imagine that you're driving a nice car. Somebody has just received one right now. You don't leave that estate and then go to a lower level and say, God, give me a car. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just imagine it? Are we still in the realm of me giving you a car? Or we should be in the realm of you thanking me because the fact that you imagined it, we are, it's no longer in the possibility. Or even in the place for me to grant it to you. It's already given. You think about it, it's yours. As a man thinketh, so he is. Some of you are believing God for marriage, so you start thinking married. Okay, believe. Believe. No, no, no. If you want to get married, start thinking marriage. Start hanging out with married women. But you have a group of single girls. Keep it. You're in cheap talk, gossip rumor, single girls club. You even have its name. The single girls club. <laughs> he who walks with the wise is what? <laughs> if you want to walk out of poverty, get a rich friend. But some of you, you befriend all the brokest people in the village. Every broke guy is your hood. He's, he's in your area. 
I remember one time when I was preaching in Kawempe, some pastor sat me down and started prepping me. He said, you see, there's a rich pastor's group and a poor pastor's group. The rich pastors are arrogant and flamboyant and braggadocious. The poor pastors are humble. So me, I think, let us go in the poor pastors because they are humble. I'm tired of pride. I told him, brother, go. <laughs> whoa, 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 what? Already there's a group of poor pastors and rich pastors. You, you choose to hang around the poor ones. Because... Listen, you are the people you hang out with. Some of you, you ought to change your friends if you must leave that level. I promise you, if you must leave that level, there are certain people you have to tell them, Maniha, darling, I love you. But, Kabraze Leba Zokote. Do you know you can hang around people who drain you? They just drain you. The moment you're around them, you feel like they're getting energy out of you. They're sucking grace out of you. They're sucking anointing out of you. They're negative. They're everything you know on the other side, below the sword. Sometimes you have to learn to say no. Unless you don't have a price on you. But if you have a value, also get valuable things. Hang around valuable people. Hang around people who think the way you think. Please do. Otherwise, some of you, the people you keep, you shock us. But Jesus ate with the drunkards. He just ate with them. That was it. He didn't call them with Peter, James, and John and say, let's pray. Uh-uh. You can eat with them, that's enough. Minister to them, become all things to save some. You'll go fishing and smell like fish. But after that, come wash yourself. You're bigger than that. Praise God, somebody. So God saw that it was good. That means that there is vision. And, and that's what he's saying in Jeremiah. That that man shall not see good come. It's the same rendering of scripture. He will, because again, his meditations are vain. That means you frustrate vision and creativity in your spirit. Every time you, you limit yourself to a man, you, you limit God because you're believing a man to give you this, but God wants to even give you a hundred times more, but you will not believe God because the man's look easier. Hello? Hello? Believe God. He will send men who will bless you more than you believe. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Men shall give to your bosom more than you believe. Because your trust is in God. And let me tell you, men who are sent by God, they don't come with sorrow. They don't tell everyone what they did for you. They don't go around boasting, it was me. No, no, they don't do that. Praise God. So he says, let's finish this. He says, you shall inhabit the patched places in the wilderness. That means you'll live in the poorest places of the world. The places of lack. You'll find yourself living in poor areas. You'll find yourself... Some of you even where you're renting. Defines who you trust in. May God take you out of there in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 7, then he, now he talks about me. 
He says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. And the next verse says, For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. The other one is in the desert. But this one shall be as the tree planted by the waters. And listen, and spreadeth out her roots by the river. And shall not, listen, he shall not see heat when heat cometh. He shall not see when heat cometh. That means when heat comes, when problems come, when things become tight, God closes his sight. You live in a place where people are saying, ha, poverty in Uganda. Now for you, you don't see it. The other one cannot see when good comes. This one cannot see when heat comes. That means he black. Uh, it's not just what he shows you. No, it's what he refuses to show you. Because he knows the moment you see it, it will settle in your heart. So he says, and shall not see when heat cometh. And her leaf shall be green. Somebody say, my leaf is green. Woo! Woo! Somebody say, my leaf is green. And shall not be careful in the hour of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. In the hour of doubt, you don't care. If people are poor, they are the ones who are poor. You, you're not. <laughs> you, you're not. When you sit around people with poverty poor conversations, <laughs> ah, poverty. I remember many years ago, I seated on a border border. Thank God for border borders. So, and I tell you this because it happened to me. This guy says, ah, ah, you know how they you're sitting in the back. So the guy starts a cheap conversation. But about his motorcycles in Uganda. So he's riding. Says, ha, boss, poverty these days. I say, oh, poverty. People don't have money. This government has brought poverty. Everyone is looking for money. Everyone is looking for money. You know, you do this, you do that. There's no money. So I tell him. With all due respect, sir, when you're talking of poverty, speak about your house. I wish that day you checked what was in my pocket. Indeed, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Even when I don't have money, I cannot confess poverty. Far from me. I told him, brother, when you're talking of poverty, talk of your family there. Muna, some of us have money. He says, oh, I, you ride the bike, I'll tell you. I said, I tell him, sir, you, you, the man seated on this border is a rich man. Then he asked me, but where do you get money from? I told him, Rubo, Koshi, Kabra, Zanda, Saka, Prakate. He said, what do you mean? It is the blessing of God that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. I said, so you're born again? I told him, yep. Okay. But some of you help in the, con in the contribution. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Oh. oh, oh. Uh -oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah, somebody. He says this one shall not even see the heat. That means God will not even let you see it with your eyes. You'll be as if you're, you're funny. Hey, some of you are as if you are not in this world. You mean you don't see what is happening? No, we are of Zion. <laughs> we are children of Zion. So forgive us if we are not thinking like some people. And the Bible says, he shall not be careful in the hell of drought. You know, let us save money. These days money is scarce. Praise God, somebody. And the Bible says, and he shall not cease from yielding fruit. That means if you're a businessman, upward curve. If you're a preacher like me, upward curve. If you're a student, career person, engineer, whatever you are, upward and upward and upward and upward and upward and upward and upward, 10 years. They are saying, Ajakuka, 20 years, uh, he'll come down, don't worry. 30 years, his season is going to get over. 40 years, even in his old age, the Bible says he shall still bring forth truth. Me, that's what I believe. Constantly upward, how many of you believe that? Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive the grace to ever increase ever increase ever there will never be a time when you say hi this was it you know some man came and told me apostle since this moment because it is your season i told him no brother there is no day it's not going to be my season you you had it's mine it's not just a season it is mine that means i i control it praise the lord jesus praise the lord jesus he says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Even in old age, tell your neighbor, even in my old age, I will still be yielding. Non-stop like this. Upward and upward only. Up, up, up every year, up. You're increasing every minute, every day. Even tomorrow you're increasing, hallelujah. That is why I'm jumping for tomorrow. Because I know you're going to be better than today. I'm jumping for next week. Because I'm, I know you're going to be better than this week. You're going to be better next month. You're going to be better next year. You're going to be better. You're going to be better. You're going to be better, hallelujah. Tell someone I'm going to be better. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do you know people who live ever worried that they are going to reduce? You're ever living worried. What if this money goes? What will I do? What if my marriage goes? What will I do? What if I wake up tomorrow and these people are not there? How can they not be there? Are you leaning on your understanding? Or you're trusting. He that began a good work in you, he shall see to accomplishment. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha 
Let me tell you, in Micah chapter 7, he described us. I want to scream. No, you'll scream. We shall. Don't worry. We shall scream later. In Micah chapter 5, verse 7, he says, The remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as dew from heaven. Not a dry place. As the showers upon the grass that tarrieth not for man. Uh, did you get it? They don't wait on men. They don't say, let me wait for my, let me wait for my cousin. No, no. The Bible says they tarry not on man, nor for sons of men. That's what it says we shall be. You will not be waiting for people. No. Watch it is the same God who told money to come out of a fish. You'll go in your shoe and find it. It says that's how the descendants of Jacob will be. That's how the remnants are. They don't tarry for men. If he refuses to help me, another one will. If that one also refuses, another one will. Either way, somebody will bless you. And the next verse says, you're going to love this. Come on. Next verse. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people. The Bible says they shall be as a lion. They shall be as a lion among the beasts of the forest. Woo! We receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. That means wherever you're walking, eh, you'll be the lion in the park. That means you'll lead the pride. Hallelujah! The head and not the tail. You won't be a squirrel. You won't be a, a pig or you won't be a a cow or a dog or, no, he says you, when you're, when you're standing among men, you'll be the lion you're the lion you're, you're. the rest are small things, yeah, they can be small serpents, snakes and what, you, you are the lion he says, among us the gentile you shall be the lion, and what is the lion? the lion is, is the king of the jungle praise God and the Bible says As a young lion, they shall be among the flocks of sheep. Who, if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. That means when you attack something, you don't spare it. When you go for a job, you don't spare it. When you attack Kampala like Fanero came, Hallelujah. Every place you go, you will tear. And none can deliver. You know what? Let me tell you the literal definition of none can deliver. It means, let me say it firstly in Luganda. Now let me translate it in English. Whatever you touch, no man can change it. Because the way you've dealt with it, no man can. No man can break Fanero. No single man. No army can break Fanero. No one can break Apostle Grace. No one. No one. No one can break you. Nobody can break you. 
you'll not stop them from trying. No. You'll only observe another movie. He says, only like a spectator shall you live to see the reward of the wicked, but nobody can destroy the work of God. Nobody can destroy you. Church in Uganda, nobody can destroy the church in Uganda. Nobody. But if he called us, hallelujah, if he called you, you will win in the mighty name of Jesus. Next verse, lastly, he says, Thine hand shall be lifted up upon thine enemy, at thine adversaries, and all thy enemies shall be cut off. Poverty, sickness, those who hate you, those who speak evil about you, those who will never understand you, those who want to harm you, those who think they can destroy you. He said, God will lift up your arm upon your adversary. Your hand shall be lifted up upon your adversary. How many of you understand what I mean? You've watched boxing before. And then after a match, they do like this. Then they... <laughs> you are my hiding place. You come and feel my heart. I see when good comes. 
I don't see heat. I'm not careful in drought. I yield forth fruit. My trust is in the Lord. My mind is on God. My mind is set on Him. He that began a good work in my life, He shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ. I'm bigger than anything against me. Ay, ay, Send us. He's your God. He's your source. He's your strength. Don't trust in horses and chariots. Our trust is in the Lord. Hey. Come on, I want you to create in your future. And see everything good. Start creating and see everything. Oh, and see everything good. Let there be a joke. Let it be good. Let there be marriage. Let it be good. Let your ministry flourish. Let it be good. Let all those that hate you be put to shame. And it is good. Let there be joy. And it is good. Let there be victory, and it is good. Let there be healing, and it is good. Let your contract go through, and it is good. Let your wife come, and she is good. Let your child come. You barren woman, receive child. See it good.
Father, I want to commit words upon you. I decree and I declare in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you will walk like lions amidst the Gentiles of this world. You will not lack a good thing. You will not hang in desolate places. You will not eat of bread of men in deserts. Strangers shall not eat of your labors. You shall not cast your young ones before time. I decree that you're going upward and upward on I bless your finances. I bless your marriages. I bless your businesses. I bless your families. I bless everything you do. I bless your ministries. I bless everything you touch. Your children are blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Your education is blessed. Your health is blessed. Your body is blessed. You shall see good come and it shall be good. And not otherwise. In Jesus' mighty name. Clap your hands for Jesus. Do you trust in the word? Do you trust in his word? Hallelujah. Do you acknowledge that what has been spoken tonight is true? Do you rely on it? Or do you simply believe it? Do you rely on it? Then how can you fail? How can you fail? Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me do one thing before you leave. Please allow me to call those who feel that tonight you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're here and after listening to this sermon, you feel like you want to enter this covenant, again, I cannot speak for you, but I can tell you for me that from the time I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, my life has never been the same again. All everybody you see here who is happy and clapping their hands, they received him as their Lord and Savior. And they are all testifying that he is good. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He died for your sins. He purchased your eternal salvation. He went on the cross. So you will be good. He saw you good. And shed his blood for you. Do not deny him who calls you tonight. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to repeat these words after me. Repeat these words. Say, Jesus, tonight I receive you as Lord and Savior. I believe that you died and rose again for my sins, that you shed your blood for me tonight I receive in my heart until the end of ages the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International for more information contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com you can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org or better still feel free to join us every thursday for our weekly fellowships at uma multipurpose hall from 5 p.m to 8 p.m you can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash fenero fenero make manifest